Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Tim is, is a big part of this team, big part of our offense. Um, I mean, I tell him all the time, you know, he's the heart and soul of that of that that group, that that receiver room. But um, I mean, it's, it's it's definitely tough. You know, I mean, we'll try to rally behind him as much as we can, show as much support as we can, and you know, hope for the best. Welcome back, afternoon drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. Looking for wholesale lumber to the public. That was Kareem Jackson talking about Tim Patrick. Now announced out for the season with a torn ACL. Jackson made those comments at the post-game press conference before post-practice press conference before he knew exactly what was going to happen with the announcement to um, Tim Patrick. I think everybody in the uh, Broncos locker room is shocked. Uh, Tim Patrick is one of the most popular guys in that locker room. He is a leader in that wide receiver room. Uh, he's a sure-handed guy, led the team in touchdowns over the last two years, and that is certainly the big story today. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider from MileHighSports.com. How are you, Cody? Uh, you know, I tell you what, I was excited for the day of pads and being able to get some little foot up in there, but then uh, all that stuff went away the moment St. Patrick went down. So now we try to focus on solutions in terms of maybe who could step up for this Broncos team and receiver going forward. Okay, well, well, well let's talk about that then. Uh, Tim Patrick is a difficult guy to replace because he's a big target and he catches pretty much everything that comes his way. Who is honestly out there that matches those measurables and what he can do. Because I don't see that with an Emmanuel Sanders, a Will Fuller, Odell Beckham Jr. He's not going to be back until October or November with his torn ACL. Jarvis Landry doesn't play like Patrick either. Not to say you have to have an apples to apples, but I don't think anybody can really replicate who is out there, what Patrick can do. Yeah, and you know, at this point, I don't know if Emmanuel Sanders is going to return to the NFL this year. I think he might be aiming towards maybe stepping away. It's a possibility for him. Will Fuller has a history of injuries himself, so, I mean, it's a gamble there. I mean, at this point in time, I think the only thing that the Broncos could do is they could look at maybe inquiring with another team for a trade, but at this point, it doesn't necessarily make sense to dip into that just yet. Now, they have a bunch of wide receivers on the roster right now, and granted, none of them can replace or even replicate Tim Patrick's production, but, you know, I'm a big believer in this, Eric. I think you can do... Um, I think you could do more with a couple of guys. You can maybe spread that production out with two to three more players. Granted, that's not what the Broncos' initial plans were. They were factoring going into the season with Cortland, Tim Patrick, Jerry, and KJ, but now you lose one of those main guys. You're easing KJ back from an injury. Now it's time for guys like Kendall Hinton, Travis Fulgham, Brandon Johnson, uh, Montreal Washington, who's been playing pretty fantastic so far in training camp. All of these guys collectively – have to step up, and then a couple of guys, you know, you're not going to be able to carry all of them onto the active roster, so who's going to step up in the preseason? Well, which one of those down the roster, de- down the depth chart receivers can, can step in? Which one w- well, Which one would you point to as the most likely candidate to really inject himself in the, into the mix? 
you know, I think the easy answer would be would be Montreal Washington, but he's already going to be having some sort of a role inside the offense. He's been demonstrating that at practice. I'm more so going to be looking at guys like Seth Williams. I'm looking at Tyree Cleveland. He didn't practice today with a throat injury that he left practice with yesterday. But I'm also looking at guys like Brandon Johnson uh, who have that. When we talk about size, I feel like Seth Williams and Tyree Cleveland are probably the two guys that can almost replicate a little bit of that size element that maybe Tim Patrick provides. But then again, I mean, it's very hard. He's been super consistent. I mean, 11 touchdowns in the last two seasons for the Broncos. He's been the back-to-back leading uh, touchdown receiver for this team. That's a big blow, and I, you know, I don't think it can be stated enough. I don't want to sound insensitive by asking you this, but there's really no other way to really ask this question, to put Tim Patrick's injury into perspective. Let me start by saying he's a great leader. Everybody admires him, everything that he has been through when you look at his football career dating back to college. And he's as well liked as anybody. And all you had to do is be a all you had to do is be a practice today to see his teammates swarm him to see how he was doing. Very rarely in all the training camps I've covered, and there have been twenty five of them, have I ever seen an injury where they literally stop practice for five to ten minutes. So that should just tell you how important and how well-liked and how well-thought-of Tim Patrick is. So yeah, let me, let me ask off. you something that will come off as sounding insensitive. Okay? If I told you <clears throat> two weeks ago the Broncos could least afford to lose this wide receiver, fill in the blank, who would that be? I would have to say Cortland Sutton. Fine. I agree. Who's number two? Jerry Judy. Smell when I'm stepping in. Why you guys are yeah. smell when I'm stepping in. Tim Patrick is a terrific wide receiver. Yeah, but he's the number three option. So everybody needs yeah. using Aaron Rodgers' words. Everybody needs to relax. But I think there's also an element here, and we've talked about how we we don't root for teams. We root for people we like because when you're around. Well, that is nothing. But I'm saying the, there's I, an element about the regret over this injury. There's no question about it. I'm just, I couldn't agree with you more, Terry. I love Tim Patrick. I remember interviewing him his first year, and I was doing it with but, less but and I'm like, this is a great is, guy. What I'm saying is, I, I'm not feeling bad for Tim Patrick because he's he's the Broncos' number one receiver or anything like that. Well, I'm feeling it, bad for, and it'll hurt the Broncos. I feel bad for Tim Patrick because it, it's, it's a bad deal for Tim Patrick. It's a bad deal for Tim Patrick, and everybody empathizes with him for those that know him, and I can honestly say that I do. But at the end of the day, it's about winning. So who's the guy you can afford to lose the least? Who's the second guy you can afford to lose the least? Because at the end of the day, in a week, Tim Patrick is going to be getting surgery or doing what he's mm-hmm. doing, rehabbing, and it's about football. It was kind of you, his turn this year. Right. Third guy in three years. They did not lose their top wide receiver, Cody. I think you would agree. And they didn't lose their second best wide receiver. And that's the silver lining, even though you feel awful for Tim Patrick. I think it needs to be put in that perspective, too, right? Even though it sounds insensitive. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, you know, another point, too, that I'll make, I I think for Cortland, uh, you know, for Cortland being a guy who's went through something like this, I think Cortland will be a great sounding board for Tim. KJ's just freshly coming off of it. So I think that Tim's going to have a great support group or support system along the way. Even after he has surgery, I imagine he'll be in the building getting a lot of medical treatment, going through physical therapy with the team doctors. Uh, but, you know, he's also a guy that overcame probably a more gruesome injury oh. in his career when he was at college at Utah. Yep. So 
I, you know, I think that Tim is very, very resilient. But, I, you know, I think that he's going to come into this and he's going to have a great su- uh, support system around him. You mentioned it with all the teams surrounding him, you know, during practice when it stopped, when he had gotten injured. I think that says a lot. And, you know, it's the next man up. And that's what Nathaniel Hackett said. He said, you know, while we want to love and provide Tim with all the support possible, other guys now need to step up, and I think that becomes the focal point now going forward. We are talking with Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider from MileHighSports.com. What did you think of the addition of Lewis Hamilton to the ownership group? Well, I tell you what, I at first this morning I was at the team facility, and I was getting ready for the day. I was creating the video. I said, uh, here's what you need to know about today's practice. Here's what you should look forward to. And then all of a sudden I see a notification about Lewis Hamilton. So, it seems like the ownership group, the Walton Penner group, is looking to add, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, backgrounds to the ownership group, but also a lot of winners and a lot of very successful people in the business ventures or the careers that they have you know, uh, conducted themselves in. And this is where Lewis Hamilton is arguably the best F1 racer uh, in in the history of it, to be honest with you. But yes. uh, it, I think this is also another move to help the Broncos expand globally. I think you're giving the Denver Broncos a global name now, especially overseas as they're trying to, the NFL is really trying to grow the overseas population. It's impossible. It's impossible to overstate Hamilton's popularity in Europe. Huge. Well, you know, you hope, you hope, I mean, he is the owner of his team. Well, he's not the owner. I think Mercedes is the owner, but I'm sure he has enough influence to say, I would like to put a Denver Broncos decal on my car. Right. (laughs) Yep, is that okay? Can I put it on my bumper? I would like to put that on my bumper along with the bumper sticker that says, my, my honor student son cannot beat up your son. <laughs> That's hilarious. Next, we're going to have Phil Collins added to the group. One, one more thing, can, can, because when it comes to going down the roster, I will acquiesce to you that you can go much further down the roster, Cody, than I can. The only comparable, if we're talking about measurables, and listen, at the end of the day, uh, we don't want to go down the measurable route with Brock Osweiler and <laughs> and Paxton Lynch, but if we're talking about measurables, Seth Williams is the best comp. Can he fill in, can he fill that Patrick role as a big-bodied possession-wide receiver? I think he, I think he absolutely has to, and it's going to be the challenge that Coach Zach Azani is going to put on him you know, some other guys, but I think Seth, from a measurement standpoint, as you mentioned, is going to have a lot riding on him. And look, for him, there was a lot of potential from him coming out of Auburn. We saw some flashes, you know, in the preseason last year, we saw, a, you know, really good run after the catch ability with him. And then last year against the Chargers, towards the end of the regular season, he had a nice downfield catch and tightly contested coverage. And But you want to see him piece together. You want to see him stack that. So can he start doing that? In practice, I imagine it might be hard because the guys are going to get some practice. They're still pretty good. The Broncos secondary has a lot of talented guys, but Seth Williams is going to have to be one of those guys that steps up and makes plays, especially with Tyree Cleveland out. Uh, you know, we don't know when he's going to return. He is the main guy that I think the Broncos fans need to focus on in terms of maybe having a little bit more of an elevated role, kind of doing what Tim Patrick was for Denver. Hey, Cody, really appreciate your time. We'll see you out of practice tomorrow, my friend. All right. Sounds I want to hear some pads popping tomorrow. They're not. They're not in pads. So tomorrow's the oh, jog. Tomorrow's, day. The, jog tomorrow's day. the jog day. Yeah, I was out there to see the pads pop today, and they didn't. Pop, they didn't pop. Well, you heard some popping. Two ACLs. Ouch. <laughs> well, am I wrong? No. Yeah, and here's the fu- here's uh, no. the funny thing. You know, what I feel badly for as well. 
Nathaniel Hackett, his first year as a head coach, his first ever training camp with full pads. He loses two players. I did not see the first injury to Crockett. I don't know if that was a contact injury, but it's really kind of sad that full pads, full contact, you lose Sutton on a non-contact injury. Yeah, big blow. Big blow. Crockett, I thought, was having a decent camp as well. It was going to be one of those training camp guys had a chance to make the practice squad. He, his was non-contact as well. Yeah. Oh, it was? Yeah, I saw him. Yeah. And the funny thing is I just saw him walk off the field with a little bit of a limp. Were we standing next yeah, to each other had, when that happened? Yeah, he had two trainers on each side. And he, he did? Kind of slowly walking. Yeah. Oh, then maybe I'm thinking of somebody else that walked up. Cody, isn't it? Yeah, this was... Yep. This was at the beginning of practice. Like, right when special teams period started, that's when it happened. Okay. Cody, it's, it's Eric's turn to bring the donuts tomorrow, right? Perfect. I, I love it. I don't bring donuts because I don't eat donuts. Do you eat donuts, if Terry? If you're a team player, you will bring donuts for Cody and me. <laughs> you're not going to be there. Uh, I'll go over there if we, if we have donuts. I tell you what. I tell you what. Okay. If you want to drive from your home from Westminster to practice to eat a donut, I'll be more than happy to bring donuts. Are you going to drive all the way down? Hell no. Then don't, don't, <laughs> then don't be playing radio with me, my friend. Cody, we'll see you tomorrow at practice. Sounds good, gentlemen. Thank you. Coming up after the break, quoting Roger Goodell about what the Miami Dolphins did, specifically their owner. This is unprecedented in scope and severity. We'll let you know what Goodell is talking about next. Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. If you ever have a chance to see Andy Grammer in concert, I highly recommend it. He is fantastic. How many times do you see him? Twice. I uh, saw him here and then flew to Kansas City to go see him. In the same tour? Uh, yes. So the same, was it the exact same playlist? Yep. And it was unbelievable. This is one of the songs. He is electric up on stage. He is so fantastic. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. You're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos, they always have great giveaways. And guess what? They're giving away a Tesla again. That was their last promotion. Went so well, they decided to give away a Tesla again. Terry, if you'd like it, head on up there. Will do. Okay. But if you don't want it, they're going to give you nearly $33,000 in cash instead. Grand prize drawings are the weekend of October 7th. Um, we have lots of conversations off air and 
Noel and I were talking about Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you something. I don't know why people think he is one of the best hitters in baseball because he's not. He doesn't. He's not even in the same category as Frank Thomas. Not even the same league. Not even in the same league as Frank Thomas. Not even close. And Albert Pujols was better as a hitter. Oh, no question. Was better as a hitter than Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas was the original. Well, the original big man who could hit was Babe Ruth. Miguel, I'd throw Miguel Cabrera in there too. Tremendous. Yeah. I mean, is Soto Mike Trout. Is, is Soto as good as Guerrero? No. His upside is tremendous, though. Soto? Yeah. Well, h- how much longer are we honestly going to be talking about a guy's upside? All right. Until he reaches his upside. W- no, when he has played in the league for five years. How much longer are we going to keep talking about his upside? Another five years. No, I understand he broke in the league when he was 18. I get that. Yeah. And it's kind of like Nathan McKinnon. Broken early. 17, yeah. And he, he's a really good player. His career batting average is 291. That's nothing to sneeze at. It's it's nothing to sneeze at, and his on-base percentage is pretty good. He's not Frank Thomas, and Frank Thomas <clears throat> will never be considered one of the greatest hitters of all time. But he won, maybe he should be. But he won the home run derby. I stand corrected. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. Major news out of the NFL today. Boy, it's unfortunate that the hammer was not dropped on Deshaun Watson the way it was dropped on Stephen Ross today, the owner of the Miami Dolphins. The NFL announced the results of its investigations into tampering and tanking allegations involving the Dolphins. NFL said it found instances of tampering involving Tom Brady and former Saints head coach Sean Payton. Goodell says, quote, this is unprecedented in scope and severity. With that, the NFL says it found no evidence of intentional tanking in 2019 or that Brian Flores was instructed to lose games. Now, It also went on to say that Ross had conversations with other people about it. Those things get around. Right. But no evidence about what Brian Flores claimed, that he was told to tank and he'd be paid. And Flores issued a statement saying he's disappointed to learn that the the investigator minimized Mr. Ross's offers and pressures to tank games. With that, on the tampering, NFL says... The Dolphins had impermissible communications with Tom Brady, 2019-2020, when he was still under contract with the Patriots, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then had additional contact with Brady after the 2021 season when he was with the Buccaneers. The Dolphins, what are they going to lose? First round pick in 2023, so that's the upcoming draft this upcoming April. Third round pick in 2024. Ross has been suspended until October 17th. Find $1.5 million. His second in command, he has been suspended as well. It doesn't mitigate it at all, but both Brady and Peyton have the same agent, Don Yee, and now right. he was involved in the communication. Do you think that Brady and Peyton should be no. punished? No. I, and I, without getting into the exact letter of the law, I would think that this is kind of a, they viewed it as informal conversations. Right. I believe they all went on a boat together. Yeah. How stupid is that? Pretty stupid. Right. I mean, and I, I think the, the way the commissioner said it, 
unprecedented scope and severity. Listen, tampering happens all the time. And it happens through back channels mm-hmm. all the time. You use a media member. You use somebody who's close Text to the or- messages and say, no, I didn't talk to him. No, no, no. You, you go through people. I'll give you an example. All right. Ru- and I'm not saying this has ever happened. Let's say you wanted Russell Wilson, right? Yes. Last, okay. And he's with the Seahawks. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have John Elway call the Seahawks or call Russell Wilson. You have Rod Smith call. Russell Wilson, then it's not tampering because Rod Smith is not part of the organization. Right. I'm just bringing up anybody. That goes on all the time. Tampering happens. Every sport. But what, what Ross did was so egregious in full sight for everybody to see. I guess the question is, with everything going on with Dan Snyder and now with Ross, and we know what happened with Al Davis back in the day, which he sued the NFL and they never kicked out Al Davis, is it time for the owners to start looking at maybe we need to remove these guys? But the problem was they should have set the they should have set the precedent and the standards with the Snyder case. Now you can't go back and say, "Oh well, now that we think about it, Snyder should be kicked out too." You know why I don't think they'll ever kick out an owner? Why? Because they could be next. Yeah, that's true. Once you set that precedent and you slip up, you could be next. No, if there was any owner to ever be kicked out of the NFL, it was Al Davis. And they didn't do it with him. He sued the league. He's, and when you sue the league, that means you're suing the owners. He sued all the guys in his own fraternity, and they did not kick him out. And he was essentially involved in, a, in the absolute competitive attempt to, to c- compete with the NFL, with, right. with the old AFL days. This stuff, tampering, happens all the time. See, I think that uh, you laughed at it, but I think one of the great ways to get around it all now is text messaging. You could say you, text messaging goes on all the time. You can say, well, I didn't talk to him. Well, there are records of that. There are records of that. Well, except, I mean, if except, you, except, well, no, I never, no, I won't say. Well, no, there, there are about text messages. Text messages. No, 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 let's not go down that road. If you want to know as an example, okay, for the sake of argument, okay, sake of argument. What, what's your carrier? T-Mobile's and AT&T? What AT&T. is it? Let's say for the sake of argument, and by the way, with Helen, I would hang on to her but like grim death. But let's say for the sake of argument, you had a suspicion she was talking to another man. Pretty easy to find. All you have to do is go to the phone records. They're sitting right there online for you. And let's say his number is 303-555-5555, and you know that's his number, and you see dozens and dozens and do- you can you can look it up. You can see texting going on. Now, you can't get the actual texts as you or me, but there are ways to find that out. And the NFL is very good at investigating stuff when they want to. They can probably get the actual text if they want to because it's out there on the cloud. Well, in this case, I thought the most interesting part of the whole thing was more in the more media issue was Flores' accusations. But it's very obvious that it was in that gray area of emphasizing draft position is more important to us than winning games. I, I and think, that, that gets around within the building. Well, the gets tr- back to the coaching staff. Well, the truth is, if you know you have a crappy team, you should want your team to lose. But it happens, You shouldn't openly root for them to lose. It's happened all the time. It's right. happened all the time in basketball, especially. Right. Teams tank all the time. I was told, I was told way back in the day, in the 2003 draft, Jeff Bezdelic was the head coach of the Denver Nuggets. And he's putting out his lineups before every game. 
and I'm not going to name who it was. I'm who, not. Who was the number one pick in that draft? LeBron James. Oh yeah. Jeff Bezdelic was told by a Nuggets executive, "I do not want you to put that lineup out on the floor because it's going to help us win." And Bezdelic said, "I will do no such thing." But a Nuggets executive told him that. Mm-hmm. And in the break, I'll tell you who it was. But there was a Nuggets executive that did that. And yes, tanking goes on. <clears throat> Went on for Kareem, for Akeem Olajuwon and Michael Jordan and, well, Sam Bowie. Well, I, I don't think people expected Michael Jordan to be the player that he was. I don't think anybody could have predicted Nike that. did. Nike signed him to a contract. Nike's in Portland, Oregon. Okay. It so was really weird. When did they sign him? The, Nike sounded, Nike did a better job of scouting than did Portland Trailblazers. When did they sign him? 19... The His rookie drafted? year, yeah. Uh, before he started? Yes. They never could have predicted what he would have done, ever. Sonny Vaccaro was the one who, who said, that's, oh, the, guy yeah. we, that's he, the guy we got to sign. Yeah, and he's a real clean guy. He's a real up-and-up guy. No one could have predicted Michael Jordan's greatness. No one. Because at the end of the day, the old joke is, who's the only guy to ever be able to totally shut down he's Michael Jordan? Smith. Right. But he played a team game. No one could have predicted what Michael Jordan was going to do. You could have predicted from Akeem Olajuwon. You could have predicted with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson because you saw what they did in college. But Michael Jordan was a very good player in college, but there's no way you would have looked at him and said, this guy is going to go down as the greatest basketball player of all time. Oh, I agree with that. No, and also, not only was he a great physical talent, but his mindset evolved over time. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are lots of athletes that you look at and say, I'll give you a perfect example. Is somebody going to honestly tell me they thought Josh Allen was going to be Josh Allen right now? Anybody think Patrick Mahomes was going to be what Patrick Mahomes is right now? Because if you have that crystal ball, there are plenty of GMs that would love to buy it from you. But then there are guys like Akili Smith and Tim Tim Couch where you looked at and you said, Akili Smith's one of the greatest college football quarterbacks ever. But we both know the college game and the pro game. But I thought he was going to be a great pro also. You did? I really did, yeah. I thought Tim Couch was going to be a great pro also. Well... The game is different starting with the hash marks. Yeah. It, it just is. Agreed. And if you are not an accurate, I mean, if I said to you how accurate was Achilles Smith, he may, he may have completed 70% of his passes, but they all could have been swing passes to the far side of the field where his wide receiver was so much better than all the guys he was mm-hmm. playing against, and he ran at 70 yards, and now he just patted his stats. But I'm saying, looking back, you can turn it around both ways. Sure. The I, idea of that we didn't know he, that, that guy was going to be that good, sure. and we had no idea he right. wasn't going to be that good. It's an inexact science, but when you look for a quarterback, one of the first things, and I am not an expert at this, when you look at a quarterback coming out of college, you need to say, does this guy have the accuracy to throw it into a tight window? And you need to be able to say, does he have the all of his synapses firing when it comes to reading defenses? Is his processor fast? And when you interview guys, you can't figure that out in a 15-minute interview. I also went to Heath Schuler's private private workout at the right. University of Tennessee. I was convinced he was going to be great. Right, right. All right, coming up after the break, Greg Norman made some news along with Tucker Carlson. They, those guys are buddies. They were talking at... Uh, the recent Live event, and how much was offered to Tiger Woods to join the Live Tour? And how much respect do you have for Tiger, knowing what he turned down because it was substantial? That's next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed at TFry, at Eric Goodman. Looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. If you're looking for the greatest rap group by <laughs> Jewish people, it is absolutely the Beastie Boys. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending, presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. Greg Norman confirmed to Tucker Carlson that Tiger Woods was offered in the neighborhood of 700 to 800 million to join the Live Tour. Tiger Woods has made a lot of money over the course of his career, not just on the golf course, but certainly with endorsements. Because he has made so much money, it's not to say that he didn't need it, right? All of us can use $800 million. Got a little bit more respect for Tiger for turning that down? That's the entire, that's more than the entire purse money of the PGA Tour on the 19, 2023 schedule. Right. I and mean, that's just staggering. Yeah, I do have more respect for Tiger. I think that Tiger Woods, you, when you start covering athletes, as rookies, it's a little bit different, and I get that. But when they're five, six, seven years in the league, I have a lot of respect for players who understand the history of the game, appreciate the game, look at guys who played before them, and look up to them and say, they paved the way for me. Tiger Woods is a student of this game. He understands the history of Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and Sam Snead and, and all of the, the greats before him. That's why I think he turned down the money. He has too much respect for the history of the game, as opposed to, well, here, let, let me rephrase it a different way. Right now, you have your Kepkas and your DeChambeaus of the world, guys, younger players. But then you have one of, one of, one of the greats, in my opinion, Lee Westwood, mm-hmm. who decided to go to the Live Tour. What I'll be curious to see with the Live Tour is they're going to get guys in their mid-30s and 40s. Exhibition for exhibition golf. Okay. But how many of the younger hotshots are they going to get? Yeah. Like Kepka and DeChambeau. I mean, Phil Mickelson is way past his prime. Well, look, I understand he recently won a major, and I get that. But how many of the guys in, in their 20s are you going to get? Yeah, I mean, but, but let's be blunt, too. Anyone getting offered this is not starting with a baseline of having just won Colorado Open or something. No like question. That. So, I mean, these are guys who in most cases are extremely accomplished and, and wealthy. Well, you know, you, well, and Dustin Johnson. Joined. Yeah. So if you start getting the Dustin Johnsons of the world who have, who have majors and Kepka and DeChambeau, if they start joining in, in waves, the, the live tour, then the PGA tour should be really, really worried. But right now that dam has not broken open. Now, what you can say is, what it could be is, you have your PGA Tour, your pre-senior tour, mm-hmm. and your senior tour. And the pre-senior tour are guys pushing 40, going into their 50s, and they join this to make their final bucks. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. It's actually kind of the opposite of what I think that you see in the NFL. In the NFL, you have young guys 
where they're going to make their money in their first contract, second contract, third contract. What do they do when they reach the age of, say, 32, which Mm -hmm. is young to me, certainly young to you? They join a team, not for money, but to chase a championship, to get a title. In this case, it's reversed. Mm-hmm. And they've got their titles. They 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 maybe won a major. They've won a they've won the John Deere Classic. They've made good money, and now they're chasing the money. They're not chasing the titles. We've seen the staggering money involved. I backed off a little bit about being completely scornful because it's hard. It's hard to picture standing in front of the mirror and saying, "Can I do this? Can right. I do this?" And I think I would say, "I just can't do it. I just can't." Jamal Khashoggi, and a lot of other reasons. I just can't do it. Well, I'll tell you something, and I haven't told you this, but you'll... So I have a a nonprofit event uh, for an amazing organization called the Special Forces Foundation. Mm -hmm. I was invited to play in their golf tournament in September, and I'm doing their event right after the golf tournament is over. And I couldn't wait to play. You know where it is? No. Trump Bedminster. And I emailed the organizer and I said, first of all, I would never back out on the event. For Special Forces Foundation, mm-hmm. I would never back out on the event. I don't care where, if it was in Saudi Arabia, I would not back out on the event. It's too important of an organization. But after everything that has been going on recently, specifically this weekend, I'm not going to get into the details. I just didn't feel comfortable playing that course. Mm-hmm. So I turned down. Wow. Pl- and Mandy was going with me to play. And we just canceled her ticket. So now I'm going by myself. So at some point for me, I'm taking a stand. But the organization is super important. And I want to help them raise a ton of money. I don't care where it is. But I just don't know if I can play there. Well, and, I think, and I think a lot of people would play there. And that's fine. And I love to play, as you know. But at the end of the day, um, it's not going to affect how much money I raise for them and how important the organization is. So I guess I, what I'm saying too, good for you, number one. Number two is I'm, I'm backing off a little bit. I'm being scornful of those who take the money. Because, I don't blame them for taking the money. But I have more, re, but I, the, the, which may seem counterintuitive, I have more respect than ever for those saying no. And that's fine. But here's the funny thing, and, and not to go down a rabbit hole, but you can make the same, you can make the case about anybody who has signed a Nike contract, yeah. right? You could look at a Michael Jordan who famously said, um, no matter, basically, no matter what side of the aisle that you are on, all money is green. You know, I, I said this to you on the air earlier. I think it was earlier this week or last week. Phil Knight built an amazing company, Nike. But he built it on the back of children making shoes in China. And it's a communist country. So what's really the difference between Phil Knight and these guys on the live tour? You can and go, they, you can go they, down that. It is a rabbit hole because you're so, you know, you can say Russia, that about so Russia is Russia as well. And that's my point. So where do we draw the line? Because at the end of the day, I know what Saudi Arabia is. And being Jewish, I definitely know what Saudi Arabia is. But if we are the capitalist country that we are, we're, we have people benefiting from a communist country. There's all kinds of human rights violations. And we still buy the shoes. We still, we can't wait for the next Air Jordans to come out. We still buy the shoes. 
Right. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? We'll talk all the Rockies trade deadline moves, or lack thereof, and what Patrick Sertan said today about, or what Cortland Sutton said today about Patrick Sertan. That's coming up next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. In the last segment, we had our Andy Grammer we bumped in with. I said, great concert. My favorite concert or concerts. How many times have I been to go see Andy Grammer twice? How many times have I seen Green Day? 14. Couldn't tell you. Love, 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 love. That's the only music I work out to. Green Day? Only music yeah, I work out to. I remember to. you did say that a while ago. Only music I work out to. It's the best. Did you ever see American Idiot? I saw. The, I did see the uh, play, or the musical, I should say. Um, I got to know the, uh, co- the Broadway choreographer mm-hmm. for American Idiot. That's a fantastic album. Yeah, it was fun. It's a fantastic album. Great music on that. All right, time now for uh, what's trending. Not what's trending. We'll call it. Um, let's see. Let's call it uh, final segment. How about the final word? The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at the McKenzieFirm.com. <laughs> Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. The MLB trade line has come and gone, and every MLB team made a trade except for the Colorado Rockies. Thoughts on that? Shocker. Shocker. I will say that I view this re-signing of Daniel Bard as somewhat kind of a response to the trade deadline pressure. All right, I, I, I agree. Ho- I'm reaching, I guess. I don't think this is the way it is right now in the Rockies organization. At least I hope it isn't this way. But I was told early on when Bill Schmidt took over, when they were deliberating on whether or not to trade Trevor Story, I was told by a couple of very good sources that with Bill Schmidt now in charge, he didn't know what players to ask for in a Trevor Story trade. They didn't know what, and GMs are getting frustrated. Like, okay, we want Trevor Story. Okay. Um, and then they'd say to Bill, who do you want? They're like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think they have to be better now. They have to be better now at that. They have to know everybody around the majors now. But really, they didn't trade anybody? Well, at least they didn't make any nobody. bad trades. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't trade Bard, which is good. I mean, I, I see that as a positive. But you just sat pat. I mean, is your farm system really that good that maybe you can't make it a little bit better? Could always use young starting pitching 
uh, starting pitching prospects. Yeah, I think the Rockies could probably use a, four or five of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just in case you missed it, Cortland Sutton today after practice said, I'm a firm believer that Patrick Sertan is an all-pro, is making first or second team all-pro within reach for Sertan this season. I think it is, and he's also going to be helped by, by uh, going against Cortland Sutton in practice every day. He's really good. He's really good. And for anybody who still believes the Broncos should have drafted Justin Fields, let me point out a couple things, too. First of all, I was never a big Justin Fields guy, so I'm a little biased. How about Mac Jones? Um, I like Mac Jones, but at the end of the day, and Mac Jones, by the way, has already made a Pro Bowl. He's already made it. Now, he was down the list. He wasn't first, second, third choice, and I get that. But the bottom line is this. Who would I rather have, Mac Jones or Russell Wilson? I'll take Russell Wilson. And now they have Russell Wilson and Patrick Sutton. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd rather have Mac Jones under control for five years. Yeah. That I do like. But you have a stud in Patrick Sertan. You do. And you have Russell Wilson. So would you rather have Mac Jones, and that's it, no Sertan, no Wilson, or would you rather have Wilson and Patrick Sertan? That'd be my question. And don't say to me, well, it's hindsight. Well, no, they drafted Patrick Sertan. And you knew George Payton was going to be aggressive about somebody. Bottom line is, he got the job done. He got Russell Wilson here. Don't tell me what didn't happen. Tell me what did happen. Wanted to ask about this real quick. Lots of colleges and other teams are using that Let's Ride slogan. Um, Like I saw West Virginia University was saying uh, Mountaineer up, Let's Ride. Saw Keenan Allen yesterday was saying Bolt fam, Let's Ride. Uh, What do you think about these other teams and players using that Let's Ride slogan with their team's name? Copycats, come up with something original. Keenan Allen was mocking Russell Wilson. He was mocking him. And my answer is Keenan wins something then you can mock a guy who's a first ballot Hall of Fame. Win something. You've only had Phillip Rivers and Justin Herbert as your quarterbacks. Those guys are pretty good. Go win something. Get your team to stay healthy. Don't miss the playoffs because your coach screwed up a call. <laughs> okay? Win something. Russell Wilson won more playoff games in his first two seasons than Keenan Allen has been in playoff games. But I think there's going to be some backlash against against uh, Russell Wilson this year because he's other places looking inside to Denver because he's too good to be true. All I know is the guy wins. And I don't care if he's corny or hokey or he schleps his family around everywhere or he travels around the world. All I care about is what happens between the lines. Does he win? Everything outside those lines, that's noise. That's not what I cover as a sportscaster. Is that what you cover? No. What what, what concert he's going to? Uh, I do write about at the atmosphere around teams and people because it's part of the entire concept. Right. And you know what? Everybody in that building has bought into Russell Wilson. And that might fade away. The magic fairy dust might disappear in four or five years. But considering what the Broncos have been through Mm -hmm. over the last six years and everybody's all in on Russell Wilson, enjoy it and stop calling the guy corny. You want Simeon back here? (laughs) Paxton Lynch? You want to take another run with Joe Flacco? What are you complaining about? If you're complaining about Russell Wilson being corny and saying, let's ride, are you happy about anything with your life? 
again, it's like it's like going to a beautiful Thanksgiving dinner and everything is beautiful on the table and you ask somebody to pass you the gravy and you point out in front of everybody, there's a chip in the gravy boat. Yeah, Get I over hate yourself. That. Yeah, I hate that. Get over yourself. All right, that's going to do it for us. For my buddy Nolan Juan Soto, great job today. Big Juan Soto fan if he went to the Cardinals, but he didn't. And I'm sorry that your team did not make a major move. Alex, great job today. Same with you, Thanks. Terry. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make the best possible night you can. I don't know